Welcome to Point Two Law Review. I'm John Brown. And I'm Carson Messersmith. And we are here the week of October 24th, 2023 to October 27th, 2023. Did you turn your heater on yet, Carson? I did. Last night, first night. <laughs> kick that furnace on. It worked. So I was really sitting there thinking, like, this is a bad time. What if this what if your furnace doesn't kick on, Carson? Yeah. That's a it, I mean, it is it's legitimately cold. And I don't know what in the world happened. I don't know if it happened all around the state, but last night, Carney decided to it. I don't know. It must have been about eleven. Have a you know just absolute sideways freezing rain that just you know yes. plastered everyone everyone's doors shut and yeah it was winter's here it's it's beautiful it is um, which you know we'll get the time change that's coming we're gonna fall back are you all right or you do you. Do you have a problem? No, the cans, as we say in the biz. Yeah, we're, we're doing all right. All right. Um, did you? Did you? Do you like the fallback? It, is this the one where I get to sleep more? I think so. I hate the time change. I hate that it's dark at five, so that drives me absolutely insane. Right. Um, and I think everyone else who works indoors, especially, so you have like zero sunlight, you go to work in the dark, and then you leave in the dark. That drives you insane. And the kids in school, same thing. But of course, you love that extra hour of sleep. Who doesn't? Um, okay. Well, what do we have for an ex parte summary? We've got a couple cases from Nebraska Supreme Court, right? Yes. And so the first case we have is Williams versus Frakes. Um, mandatory release jurisdiction. I have Radmanesh versus Radmanesh. And we're going to call it um, adult children divorce. That's it. You can't hear a thing. It's bouncing around between <laughs> ears. I'm going in and out. All right. Well, I'll try and fix it here. I'm going to fix it live. We're going to leave this in. Yeah, Words I like that. Okay, yeah, we're good. Is that better? Yes, I'm better. Hey, I was going all. insane there. All right, let's get it started with the Supreme Court case. Go ahead, Carson. Okay, so starting with Williams versus Frakes, and this is an appeal from the uh, District Court of Lancaster County, and this dismissed uh, Ms. Frakes' appeal um, attacking the duration of her confinement for failure to state a claim under 42 USC section 1983. And the uh, essential argument here is that uh, Ms. Frakes had uh, been sentenced originally in 1994 to life imprisonment for um, a murder that she committed as a juvenile. She was one, then one of those individuals who got relief under the U.S. Supreme Court's decision uh, in Miller versus Alabama, which we have talked about on this podcast. And so she was resentenced in 2016. Um, this is uh, an appeal which surrounds around grievances that were filed uh, for declaratory judgment uh, in the district court against the Department of Corrections in their official capacities, basically uh, taking issue with the uh, calculation uh, for uh, good time and then arguments that uh, she should have been uh, dismissed from uh, two crimes uh, or, sh or should have been uh, released from two shorter uh, sentences. And so the Department of Corrections filed a motion to dismiss the complaint on the basis that uh, there was a failure to state a claim upon which relief could be granted and that the court lacked subject matter jurisdiction. The district court dismissed um, and 
basically says that under the 1983 claim, the court uh, determined that Williams failed to state a claim uh, because uh, the U.S. Supreme Court had uh, said that a prisoner in state custody could not use a 1983 action to challenge um, the fact or duration of their confinement. And then also stated that under Section 84911, the uh, depart the state and the Department of Corrections had not waived sovereign immunity. And so the big discussion, uh, really, of this case and the bulk of this 80 case of this case revolves around the 1983 claims and basically if uh, the declaratory relief that was sought by Williams uh, does state a claim under which uh, relief can be granted. And the Supreme Court goes through a ton of uh, federal decisions, U.S. Supreme Court decisions, and basically lands at the place that uh, Williams um, is uh, here challenging um, the length of her sentences, even if she's saying she's not. Uh, they argue that, yes, Williams is saying that um, she is challenging the administration of the sentences. But here our Supreme Court says that in order for them to determine um, if uh the administration of the sentences are correct on its merits, it will essentially result in um, implying the invalidity of the duration of her confinement by the Department of Corrections, and the relief sought is uh, essentially allowing her a speedier release, and that's not a claim that can be, or relief that can be granted under a 1983 claim, and so they uh, dismiss on that grounds. Um, and then uh, they also affirmed on the or, or affirmed, I should say, affirmed the dismissal on the 1983 grounds and then also affirmed on the 84 uh, 9-11 grounds. And so they affirmed the District Court of Lancaster County. All right. I got Radmanesh versus Radmanesh. It's a divorce from a county. That's how those happen. Okay. From, <laughs> from a county. From a county. I, is that a... Is that the name of the county? No. I haven't heard of that one in Nebraska. Oh, no, a county. Uh, let's think of ones that start with A. Uh, counties that start with A in Nebraska. Adams. Adams. There you go. Any other ones? Ada. Is that a county? I don't think there's an Ada. I don't think there is either. Um, yep. Nope. That's all I got. All right. Sarpy County, Nebraska. Antelope. Antelope. Well Two, done. There we well go. Done. Thank you. There's probably more. There's, there's another one. I don't know. This is from Sarpy County. This is a district court. Uh, husband and wife were married in 1991. They had twin children um, around that time, and the children are not subject to this appeal. They, uh, one of them, I think, was in college or something. The husband was a telecommunications consultant. He was age 65. Um, he didn't take a job because he didn't want to uh, take the COVID vaccine. Uh, so he was unemployed. And it was unclear whether that was the reason for his unemployment or whether there was something else. But anyway, the wife worked in retail and received an inheritance during the marriage. The divorce involved basic, well, at least the appeal anyway, involved three issues, alimony, property equalization, and student loans for adult children. Um, the alimony case or section of the appeal dealt with uh, whether they could consider the inheritance of the wife for alimony purposes. Of course you can for alimony purposes. You can say, well, it's, uh, whether it's reasonable or not, the, the trial court can look at whether the inheritance, the amount of the inheritance to see whether um, spousal support would be necessary. There's also the discussion here about the advanced age. Um, there's some clarification on whether a uh, 
individual who is age 65 or older can be ordered to pay child support or excuse me, ordered to pay spousal support. Um, it, there is no advanced, there's no age limit on spousal support, despite the uh, Kramer v. Kramer arguments that you could make under the Court of Appeals and that they later clarified. Um, and his unemployment was voluntary um, by there's some uh, emails and things that he wrote around that said, if you don't divorce me, I will take this job. And if you do, I won't. And they want, they want me to get this vaccine and I don't want to do it. Um, so they said that his unemployment was voluntary and because of that voluntary unemployment, um, you know, he, he had a capacity to earn that was higher than uh, what he was claiming. So the alimony that they ordered, which I think was a thousand dollars a month for 60 months um, or six years, I think it was six years. Uh, regardless, they ordered alimony, and they uh, they said that was reasonable under circumstances and not an abuse of discretion. The property equalization, um, they do they declined to set a valuation date for everybody as they typically do. Um, the valuation date has to you know reasonably relate to the property that's in dispute, and the trial court is going to be able to do that unless it, there's an abuse of discretion there. There were uh, also video games ordered um, that were the sons that were in storage that were not given a value. And I think this is interesting because um, while it was awarded to wife, it wasn't, it was off, the value was offset. Everybody, I guess, agreed that the value of these video games, I don't know what those were, but the value there would not be on her side of the ledger. It would uh, flow. Um, to the son, and so she wouldn't have to have some kind of credit for that asset. So you can award children things uh, through the decree and have one of the parties do it without giving them the obligation of the property. So that was interesting. And then they had student loan debt that the wife incurred for the adult children. Um, this was incurred post-separation. Now, um, they did list this as a debt, and a marital debt, and they did list it as a marital debt for the wife. But they do caution here that it's not to be finessed as a backdoor adult child support, which, I mean, there, there's some mischief there for uh, family law practitioners. If you wanted to put in there some kind of um, parent plus loan in order to try and backdoor a child support order uh, while something is pending, they, they prospectively see that and, and say that that's not how this, is, this ruling is supposed to be interpreted, so don't do that. That's what they're saying here with the property equalization. And uh, then the um, those factors, the property equalization order that the husband was ordered to pay wife, there was no abuse of discretion there. And there's a discussion here that the credibility, um, the trial court said the credibility weighed in favor of one of the parties versus the other parties. And the appellate court isn't going to do anything about that um, unless there's an abuse of discretion. And there was no abuse of discretion here, and it was affirmed. That's it for the Nebraska Supreme Court. All right. I think we're on to the Court of Appeals. We start out with a published opinion in Ray name change of Brian C. and Tyler C. This is an appeal from the District Court of Scotts Bluff County. A uh, ton of facts here, um, and I won't abbreviate them, um, but or will, I guess, abbreviate them. We'll not go into them at nauseum, but essentially um, the uh, children were uh, both given their father's uh, surname at birth, um, the parents were divorced when the children were very young, only uh, one and two years old. And from that time, essentially, the facts show that dad was in and out of their lives. There was not a great relationship, and they had been using the surname uh, for a long time. 
I guess where the value of this opinion comes in and and where we abbreviate this is that the court addresses the non-exclusive factors here uh, very thoroughly and and somewhat um, even, I I guess, in-depth on each factor. And so they lay out the uh, eight factors. Again, I'm not going to give those for you, uh, but just one of those um, cases to take note of. Again, if you have one of these opinions where you're dealing with a name change or you think there's going to be a contested name change, we get to see every one of these factors laid out uh, with the court's analysis of how this weighed um, and how this weighs weighs towards either allowing the name change or um, not allowing the name change. And here, and again, I I think that's kind of an interesting piece here. The court talks about uh, how they found that seven of the 10 uh, factors weighed against uh, the petitions for the name change and then three factors weighed in favor of uh, changing the surnames and you know basically here they say you know this isn't a mechanical process we're not just you know writing numbers up on a board and saying okay this one's greater Uh, but they say you know we have to decide what you're giving more weight to uh, which factor should be accorded uh, more weight and which things we should um, address more so And so uh, ultimately, the Court of Appeals basically says, you know, here we have to look to the burden of proof. And um, the moving party here had the the burden to prove that it was in their uh, best interest and that their that substantial welfare required the name changes. Um, And after uh, applying these uh, factors and uh, reviewing um, de novo and essentially reweighing all these these things, uh, they found no error uh, in the district court's ultimate conclusion um, denying the petitions for uh, the name change. And so, again, I don't know that we've been doing this a while. I haven't seen a ton of in-depth name change cases. And so maybe this is one of those that if it comes across your radar and you need a case with a lot of facts and the court's weighing those factors and the Court of Appeals de novo reweighing factors might be helpful Uh, a lot of good law chunks in there and a lot of uh, factual application so all right another thing that starts with a is ashamed i am ashamed um that i did not remember this third county that i lived next to for almost 20 years have you thought of it yet because i had to look it up and i'm ashamed about it that you live next to County, (laughs) (laughs) Arthur County, Arthur Arthur County. Yes, Uh, that is shameful of us. They have they famously have more cows than people in Arthur County, and um, that's that's accurate. Lovely place in the sand. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. But okay, interest of Raina V. This is a court of appeals decision. This is a juvenile termination of parental rights. The uh, it was the father. There was an August opinion um, regarding the same child. This involves the, involving the mother. This involved the father. The father was inca- incarcerated in the federal system for 180 months uh, when the child was two years old, um, and he was not scheduled to be released until 2025. The um, guardian ad litem here filed a request for termination of parental rights, alleging among other things the 15 out of 22 the uh, court of appeals. Found, or well, the trial court found, or juvenile court found the juvenile um, 15 out of 22 and then went into best interest. Now, the tricky thing here is, you know, you can't solely consider incarceration as the main reason for the um, 
you know, for the termination or for best interest, but it is, uh, and the Court of Appeals says here, it is proper to consider incarceration, incarceration as a factor, uh, but not the only factor. And uh, the fact that he wouldn't be available until 2025, and even then you're going to have to start built, rebuilding that relationship for this child, um, isn't going to work. So they terminated the parental rights, found it in the best interest, and they affirmed, the Court of Appeals affirmed the juvenile court on appeal. Okay, next case we come to is in re interest of Eli F. and Maya F., and this is another appeal from a termination of parental rights from the county court of Oto County. And uh, here there's actually a couple issues on appeal. The, the first one was a denial of a continuance just prior to the termination uh, trial and then a finding that the termination was in the best interest. Um, here, kind of an interesting set of facts. Uh, father was incarcerated for a period of time. Um, part of that was um, an incident that led to uh, the mother's passing in a uh, car accident that eventually resulted in father's incarceration. Uh, there were a lot of difficulties in um, then making progress with the case plan and meeting the case plan goals. Um, the first thing with the motion to continue, the Court of Appeals addresses how a court's granting or denial of a continuance is within the discretion of the trial court. Um, here, the Court of Appeals also noted that it was unlikely that there was great surprise of evidence from uh, HHS, and there uh, was likely not additional time that was needed to review the records, as the record demonstrated that the uh, client and attorney had knowledge and access to the relevant evidence uh, quite a bit of time before uh, the termination hearing. Um, and so there uh, was not a need for uh, continuance there. And then termination of the parental rights. It wasn't even alleged that there was an issue as far as statutory grounds, although there was the 15 out of 22 months. And then uh, the big argument was over best interests. And here uh, there was uh, basically a reiteration of an inability and unwillingness uh, to rehabilitate um, and an inability to follow through and meet uh, case plan goals uh, that would have put the father in a place to be able uh, to be reunified with his children and therefore the court of appeals affirmed in interest of linen g this involves a mother only termination they uh, identified a father and had a paternity case but um, they weren't able to get him served the mom didn't appear at the termination um, and she actually I, I think i didn't read the record but i did see in the opinion it seems to indicate that the court staff testified that she showed up late. Um, she said she went into her room there where there wasn't anybody and then she just left. So there wasn't anybody, um, you know, she wasn't there at the termination of parental rights hearing and the uh, juvenile court ended up terminating uh, for the 15 out of 22 grounds and the best interest grounds. It just showed that uh, mother wasn't committed to reunifying with her child. The child was out of home for a number of months and uh, while she would go and meet with providers, she wouldn't engage with providers or provide actual answers and uh, would always be late for things and uh, didn't have visits uh, for a large portion of that. Um, so they ended up terminating her parental rights and that was affirmed by the Court of Appeals. Hey, is that it? I think that's it. Well, that's fantastic. Let's see if you know this. How cool are you? Not cool enough. I don't think I know it. <laughs> you don't know it. Sometimes you should see it. Uh, it's uh, from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yes. Nice little you played it before. Yeah. Hello. Did we play this last year? No. Is this our first repeat song? 
I would never repeat a song. I've never no. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we had a. I don't think we had a Halloween podcast last year. I think it was only. <laughs> I think our first one was a Turkey Day podcast. Yeah, we are getting close though. We are getting close to our year, year Do anniversary. We- I don't know. Do we stop? Yeah, that's I've been getting questions. I'm like, so is this just a New Year's resolution thing? Because you stated that on one of the early pods. Yeah. I'm like, no, I think I think this train rolls on. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. Should we change it a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody ever gives us any feedback on if they want to change. <laughs> maybe they want to throw me off the pod. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying maybe I don't do it all the time. Maybe we rotate and have yeah. you do it all the time. <laughs> so I well I be there was basically a three week stretch there where it just oh, kind of was Carson's podcast. You know we could do where one of us you know we just have the other one go that way we can do other things like you could go on a vacation. Ah, that wouldn't be I any could, fun. I, could take I can't a nap. do it without you. I don't think I could do it without you. Oh, can't shucks. do one without the other. Well, are you dressing up for Halloween? No, and my light will not be on. Oh, that's and right. We've I will put out a bowl of candy that the first kid is allowed to steal all of it just please leave my bowl do you have a ring camera that's gonna yeah. see okay so you're gonna monitor and yeah then and like, then all oh, yeah i figured it'd be that yeah, kid take it down to the county attorney's office and wait a minute you didn't mean that direction okay <laughs> no, I didn't. it's abandoned property i don't think that's a crime uh, you know maybe in some county that might not start with a or might start with a that, that is that gonna, it's a possibility that's a possibility they stole it could end my up that way they stole somebody it they stole it someone stole <laughs> and so, it and somebody would file a juvenile petition <laughs> yeah i mean it's an absolute possibility well okay let's think about that i mean it's out there right yeah the the typical thing would be to take one one maybe but two, if there's not a sign handful at most yeah but how do you know that you can't take the bowl? That's true. I, Well, and it, it's much different now post-COVID because the mm. custom during COVID became no contact. Yeah. So we stopped actually having to even ring doors, which I, you know what? And, and again, this starts to date us, but mm-hmm. it's something when you don't have to go through the labor of knocking on that that door. And as, as we see here, because I sit the bowl out as an adult, yeah. you know, I hated going up to the door. I don't know that the juice was worth the squeeze for me even as a kid. Well, you got to, it's a ritual, right? Trick or treat, and and they give you a treat, and then you say, and then the parents say, now what do you say? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Pinch. Someone's getting pinched in the back of their arm. And the children, as they're walking away, going, uh, another, you know, dum-dum. Uh, yeah. This (laughs) guy gave me what? Where are the full-size candy bars? They go, they go. thank you. Oh, thanks for these smarties. That's so great. <laughs> oh, and then the worst ones is like, oh, thank you for the fruit. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, the pencil. Thank oh, I would love much. this orange. All right, we're done. Uh, that's uh, Point Two Law Review brought to you by, I don't know why where this song came from, but why not? Um, Point Two Law Review brought to you by Anderson Klein, Brewster, and Brandt. Offices in Carney, Holdridge, and Minden. Go back to episode one for all the disclaimers. Um, if you else? want us to change the pod up, I guess let us know on social yeah. media or let us know in person. Yeah, just say hey. Yeah, say hi. Say hi and, and add something else. But anyway, um, John Brandt, have a great week, everybody. Thanks, everybody.